think we find him uh, on the West Coast for our discussions today, but he was just recently in Dallas. Why would you go to Dallas in the summer, Mark Conkle? Well, John, you know that I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're not an idiot. It just seems like you do a better job routing, you know? You actually, do a better yeah, job well, routing. You know, actually, I went to go see some friends um, play live music in uh, Austin and Dallas, um, and... Um, you know, it's just we. I've been on the road since June fourth, going around the country, and we went through the hottest part first, and that was really, really silly until we got here to near San Clemente, California, where it's absolutely beautiful and the waves are nice. Yeah, uh, it sure is. It's great out here. Well, I don't think uh, Superintendent Brown is going to be happy with this piece that you posted at thepatch.com. Let me just bring the listeners up to date on a couple of paragraphs. Then you can elaborate. I've been kind of uh, uh, talking about this throughout the afternoon. July of 2016, uh, Texas lawman David O. Brown issued the order to detonate a robot-delivered bomb that killed a sniper who had slain five police officers that day. I remember thinking very highly of uh, Dallas Police Chief Brown through that crisis. And, of course, after that crisis, his uh, national uh, uh, posture uh, went up exponentially. Now reading from your piece, Chicagoans like me have been spoon-fed too much of the legend of David O. Brown. You want to start there with the backstory of a high school football star, rose through the police ranks to become chief. Did you find any of that to be inaccurate when you uh, investigated down in Dallas and were snooping around? No, I mean, I wasn't really snooping around, but, you know, what I found was, like, all that stuff is true. But, you know, when it comes to running a major police department, you know, we didn't really hear a lot about what the problems were before he became a national figure. You know, for, you know, he was chief from 2010 until um, 2016, and in 2016 there were more murders than there were in t- 2009 before he got there. So, you know, he came into town saying, you know, we've got this moonshot goal of reducing the number of murders in Chicago to under 300, you know, when we've been hovering around 800, you know, um, for a, a few years and 900 in 2016. So, you know, we were always kind of skeptical. And I went and I talked to some folks. I hung around his old neighborhood. I went to the police headquarters and talked to people around there. And then, I, you know, I made some calls and I met up with a former city councilman who was an outspoken critic of Brown and clashed with him a bunch of times. And, and somebody who works at City Hall didn't want me to use his name who said, you know, the problem with Brown, that it was that he had problems communicating his police message, police messaging to, to reduce murders. Um, that's happening here. He had trouble keeping the overtime budget in check, and that's a problem here for Brown. Um, they say in, that he had trouble telling the truth. Um, some of these people that I talked to, you know, an, you know, an alderman just uh, last last month you said that if Brown kept, you know, denying the statistics of other reports that he was going to have to call him a liar. That's happening here. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, one person can't solve, uh, you know, shooting and murder problems. And, you know, but the legend of David Brown, you know, doesn't, did not include all these other things that are coming to roost here um, for him, even though Talk- he's got support of the mayor. Yeah, talking here with Mark Conkle from Patch.com, you should read this. Did you get a chance to go through or just ask people about his um, his memoir, 
called to rise a life and faithful service to the community that made me that was published in 2017 obviously he had a ghostwriter help him with that but was the book accurate because that also propelled him to national like national profile it helped obviously well the, well you know i mean I, I wouldn't have been able to fact check it but the dallas morning news did some fact checking and you know found that you know some of the timelines of the things that he said didn't match up. Some of the reasoning that he gives gave, you know, didn't get into the complicated detail about why twice, you know, activists, um, rank and file cops, and some some city council members, you know, were calling on him to be fired. Um, so you know, it's a memoir. It's like Rob's memoir. You know, you know, you, you, when you write a memoir, you're the hero, and you know it, that kind of worked for him. Um, you know, uh, former city councilman uh, uh, Philip Knightston in Dallas said, you know, without the robot bomb incident, you know, nobody would ever hire him again. Do you know what? That's that's what I was going to ask you, Mark Conkle. I thought, and I, I tried, I tried to do this sensit- with sensitivity because, you know, sometimes events happen and they, they either propel somebody to a different level, which in this case, if Brown uh, was the man on the job when that horrible day happened in Dallas. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Same thing with Dan Rather yeah. and others. But, uh, uh, you know, you wonder if he had not had that incident, would they have probably dusted him uh, previously just because of the, the numbers? And, you know, look at what actually did happen. I mean, you know, he had that moment, and then he, you know, he retired. And, he, you know, he, he, he says things like, well, you know, I didn't get run out of town. Well, you know, that almost happened for a, um, a, a police superintendent in Chicago who came up through the ranks and was bo- allegedly beloved by the neighborhoods named Eddie Johnson. You know, it, it, he was trying to retire right before it all got out that, he, you know, he was um, allegedly uh, driving after drinking and, all, you know, all the things that got him fired. I mean, I'm not saying it's the same thing as David Brown, but to some extent, the the legend of him created after that event and that speech that he gave following using the bomb, you know, really got people nationally, starting with the big papers, um, you know, the Washington Post uh, at the top of the list, to say that he was the man America needs based on this one singular event. And I'm pretty sure that when uh, the columnist wrote that, they didn't look back in to see how his overtime budget was being handled. That was Parker, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I I played his speech on my show. I was so impressed with him yeah. after that incident. I played it in its entirety. Played it for a couple of days. Right. It was great. Great yeah. speech. The yeah, other thing, Mark know, Conkle, think... the other thing I learned from your, your piece today at Patch.com, which I recommend everybody read, except for the superintendent, uh, is that he still owns his property in Dallas. You know, for the first year, it was a touch and go. There was a big rumor when he, a year into his job, the mayor was unhappy with him. She denied that. He's been around now for some time. But I didn't realize he still has that house in Dallas that you visited. Yeah. You know, people were saying, you should go check it out. So I did. And, you know, he built it for about $600,000 in 2018. And now, according to the county tax assessor down there, it's worth more than $800,000. Good and good investment deal. It looks like a nice place, and you know one of his neighbors was having a party, so I, I went and talked to her on her front porch, and she said they're nice people, and they have people over for um, Bible study on Sundays, and that you know she you know she sees David Brown from t- time to time. Uh, she didn't know that she didn't know that he was a the police chief in Dallas uh, who ordered the robot bomb, um, 
But, you know, she said they're good people. And, you know, he's got this tree that really needs to be pruned. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the other, the, thousand, you know, the other thousand, thing that struck me through your piece is for having such a national, you know, platform, it's a national uh, recognition for that terrible event in Dallas, it seemed like most of the people you talked to in Dallas, including politicians and rank-and-file police officers, are somewhat ambivalent about the life and legacy of uh, David Brown. Right. And I, that, that's what really shocked me. It's like, if you walk around Chicago and you ask about Gary McCarthy, well, you know, you're going to find some people who are like, I hate that guy, you know, or he was the best, you know. And, and McCarthy had a national profile, like Brown does. But there were a lot of people like, who? And then I would say, you know, the, the, the sniper shooting downtown, the robot bomb. And, oh, yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah. things are still bad in Dallas. Yeah. So, oh, geez. Um, Going to Dallas you know, in July. Really, Oh my goodness! Yeah, right. Well, I'm in. I'm, I'm earning. My, I'm earning my money. <laughs> yeah, well, I love the series Conkle on the Road. I always enjoy talking to you. I think it's a terrific uh, piece, and it brings some uh, real details that I was not aware of regarding Superintendent Brown. I think it's a terrible job, untenable job almost. But I want him to succeed. I'm sure you do too. So safe travels, yeah. and we'll 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 get to get to get get together when you get back here after our heat wave uh, gets behind us. Sounds good. Stay stay cool, John. You always are cool. Uh, thanks, Mark Conkle. Take care. Appreciate your time.